The all-red polygamy group is rarely in the news these days, but we're going to talk about them anyway. Next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? On June 8th of 1978, the LDS Church claims that they received a divine revelation to allow all worthy males to have their priesthood. But before that, black males had been barred from the Mormon priesthood. We've done many programs in the past about this topic, but this time we want to bring attention to the recent article about the reaction of some polygamists when the LDS Church rescinded the prohibition that they had long taught was eternal. The curse of the blacks. The idea that the blacks are cursed is nothing but prejudiced and racist. Those who teach that the Bible supports it are ignorant of God's character and his integrity, and the Bible does not say that God ever cursed the blacks. In fact, the opposite is true, as we see by the following passages. Yes, there's actually four scriptures here. First one is Acts 10, 34-35. It says, then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. And from Romans 2.11, for God does not show favoritism, Ephesians 6.9, and there is no favoritism with him. Colossians 3.25, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. Okay, and that's only four Seems verses. very clear, doesn't it? It's quite yeah. clear, yes. And there's more. We just used those four. But these passages from the New Testament testify to the fact that God doesn't and has never shown favoritism. So why would the church who claims to be God's kingdom embrace the doctrine of favoritism against any group of people? It's a good question. Yeah. The only answer can be that it's not God's kingdom. God is a God of equality. He's the author of freedom. He created only one race, and that's the human race, and he created it in an abundance of variety within the human race. But even though the LDS Church finally allowed blacks to have their brand of priesthood, it was done because of political and economic pressure more than anything else. However, the Mormon polygamy groups remain racist and continue to adhere to original Mormon teachings of discrimination against the blacks. This year, 2018, marks the 40th anniversary of the LDS change in doctrine regarding the blacks. On May 25th of this year, 2018, the Salt Lake Tribune ran an article focused on this topic. Its headline reads like this. Yeah, by Nate Carlisle, it says, Right after the Mormon Church gave blacks the priesthood, a polygamist offshoot saw its ranks grow. <laughs> interesting. And I thought that was so interesting. I figured we needed to do a show about this with some of the information. It might be interesting, especially to our LDS viewers. Yes. Now, the polygamist offshoot that the article is referencing is the AUB, which stands for the Apostolic United Brethren, and it's also known as the All Red Polygamy Group. They are very large and very lucrative polygamy group, and they have communities scattered all over the Intermountain West, and they believe in the polygamy and in the United Order, as all other Mormon fundamentalists do. The all-red polygamists have had some scandals in the past, but recently they've been rather quiet. Today we want to discuss polygamous reaction to the LDS when they allowed blacks to have their priesthood, and that's what the newspaper article that we referenced is all about. 
In an AUB blog, a question was posed to polygamists within the All Red group. Now, please listen carefully to their question. Yep, the question is, if they had a DNA test and discovered there was a percentage of Nigerian DNA in their heritage, would they be worried about their right to the priesthood and all of its blessings? Now, calling it Nigerian DNA, of course, refers to a black heritage. We find it sad that such a question would even be asked, but find it deplorable to hear some of the answers to the question. One of them was like this. Yep, in the same article, I would acknowledge that I don't have authority, that my children don't, and I'd separate myself from my white spouse so as to not condemn her. No, horrible. It's terrible. It is terrible. Yeah. Obviously, that answer came from a polygamous male, AUB priesthood holder. Notice that he said he would separate from his white wife so she wouldn't be condemned because they believe that will happen to Caucasians who marry someone with black heritage. Brigham Young even said one drop of yeah, blood was all it so. took. Yeah. It's incredible that they believe God would condemn his wife for being married to a man whose heritage included any amount of black ancestry. Don't they know that Jesus Christ himself had black ancestry? And he did. He did. <laughs> One AUB member, when she heard the LDS church had, had capitulated on their restrictions against the blacks, she burst into tears. She said, they were very sad about this because they loved the LDS church and they just gave away the priesthood. An article, the article in the Tribune went on like this. Researchers and people who belonged to the AUB in 1978 say the group saw its membership jump after the LDS church ended the priesthood prohibition. The converts were LDS families who believed blacks should not get the priesthood. Within a few years, the AUB opened its own temple and offered ordinances to its members. The AUB has never followed the LDS Church in allowing blacks to hold the priesthood. So they still do it. They still do it. All the polygamy groups do. They, they believe the original Mormon teachings that God placed a curse upon Cain and that the curse was black skin and because of that they would never be worthy to be priesthood holder or have priesthood authority, Mormon style of course. <laughs> but again, they've got the Bible all wrong in the first place in the story of Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, there's no mention at all of the priesthood, of any priesthood. It isn't there and even, even though the Mormons and polygamists try to place priesthood there, it's not there in that time period at all. It just isn't there. It's interesting how they use the Bible to support yeah. what their own ideas are and then condemn the Bible when it doesn't support their ideas, they, but they can't have it both ways. And secondly, the text does not say that God placed a curse of black skin on Cain. This is what it actually says. No, yeah, this is what it actually says. Genesis 4, 10 through 16. The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you're driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, 
Not so, if anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. You know, I was surprised when I started studying the Bible on my own and discovered that it wasn't black skin in the text. Yeah, that it doesn't I, say that. I always thought it was black skin. And yeah. I always thought it said so, but yeah. it doesn't. No. Notice that the curse on Cain was that he would be unable to farm the land. It would not produce food for him. Instead, it, he would be a restless wanderer, a nomad, right. and that's it. No black skin. Now, verse 15 tells us that God put a mark on Cain so that no one would kill him. It does not say what the mark was. It does not say or even hint that it was black skin, which Mormonism has always claimed it was. It does say that whatever that mark was, it was for Cain's protection so that no one would kill him. Yeah, that's Interesting, right. huh? Mm -hmm. The curse on Cain was not black skin, but the inability to produce food from the ground because it was on the ground that the blood of Abel was spilled when Cain murdered him. Now, twisting scripture is a sure mark of a false religion, and they've certainly done that there. All Mormonism, of course, was prejudiced against the blacks until 1978. The Book of Mormon is full of racism, and all the Mormon polygamy groups remain racist. We quote. From the article still, that curse will remain upon them. Young is quoted in the Journal of Discourses as saying on October 9, 1859 in Salt Lake City's renowned Mormon tabernacle, and they can never hold the priesthood or share in it until all the other descendants of Adam have received the promises and enjoyed the blessings of the priesthood and the keys thereof. So there you go. they've gone against their own prophecy. In the 1950s, Rulin Allred founded what became the AUB Polygamy Group, and many LDS members joined the Allred Polygamists, some secretly and some openly. Many who became secret polygamists continued to maintain their membership in the LDS Church and held a valid temple recommend. The AUB didn't have a temple, just a special place that they would go to to perform their secret plural marriages. But when Rulon Allred was murdered, his brother Owen Allred became the new leader, but they changed their attitude toward the LDS Church drastically when Spencer W. Kibble gave the priesthood to the blacks. Again, we have a quote. Owen Allred expressed his disappointment days after the LDS Church announcement during a sacrament service in Bluffdale. A transcript makes clear he regarded Kimball's actions as caving to political pressure rather than a revelation from God. Allred wondered aloud whether the LDS Church soon would endorse abortion and grant the priesthood to women, too. He advised his followers to stop participating in the LDS Church and cease entering its temples. Do not go into a temple, he preached, that has been defiled by the Canaanite being invited into it. Allred made his opposition more public July 23, 1978, in a full-page ad in the Salt Lake Tribune. The ad quoted Brigham Young's statement on race and accused the LDS Church of giving away the priesthood and shunning its teachings. So that was a big deal to yeah, the polygamy sure groups. Was. Now notice that he said that it's now been defiled because they've allowed the Canaanite in. Right. The Canaanite, he's referring to the black race. Canaanites were Caucasian. 
you know, he needs Middle to Eastern. really, yeah, <laughs> they, they, and then so anyway, they don't know what they're talking about. Now, there have been reports uh, from several different sources uh, that when this newspaper ad that they, they placed in the Tribune when this happened, when this newspaper ad appeared, huge numbers of LDS families, LDS mainline church families, left the church and joined the AUB polygamy groups. In mm. fact, a former polygamist estimated that there were dozens of LDS families who converted to fundamentalism when the LDS church gave blacks their priesthood. He said that the AUB used the priesthood change as a recruiting tool to convert many LDS to their group, and it worked. Now, it's very easy to transition from LDS to polygamy because it's the same familiar doctrine, the same prophets, the same scriptural books. It's all very familiar and easily to easy to be assimilated. Previously, the AUB had advocated going to the Mormon temple for their rituals, but now they had a problem because with the change in blacks holding priesthood, they saw it as being defiled, so they needed their own place to perform their ordinances. The Tribune article said this. They built an endowment house in Bluffdale in the 1980s and in the 1990s a temple in Ozumba, Mexico. Owen Allred died in 2005. The current AUB leader is Lynn Thompson. Opposition to them holding the priesthood is based on scripture, he said, and not on a belief that they are intellectually, physically, or culturally inferior. Again, they don't even know their own history because that is not true. Brigham Young taught that they were (laughs) intellectually and culturally inferior. Yeah, it's even sad to read this. Yeah. You see some classes of the human family that are black, uncouth, uncomely, disagreeable, and low in their habits, wild, and seemingly deprived of nearly all the blessings of the intelligence that is generally bestowed upon mankind. And like you said, that's disgusting. a disgusting quote. The AUB member who runs the blog where she asked the question about DNA we talked about earlier said that their old timers still believe blacks should not hold the priesthood. Yeah. She believes in treating blacks equally in secular life and hopes for the day when they do receive the priesthood. But that permission, she thinks, must come directly from God, a revelation that she and other fundamentalists believe Kimball never received. And she, she, and then she said that she is no more of a racist than God is. <laughs> and that remark defies the testimony that God has given about himself. We read several passages already or read them earlier yeah. where God testifies that he does not show favoritism. But there's not a single passage in all of the Bible that refuses priesthood authority to blacks. Actually, the priesthood belonged only to one family. Aaron, the family of Levi, the son of Aaron, no one else, black or white or green or female or male or anyone else, was allowed the priesthood. It was a tribal family priesthood. God is not prejudiced, and neither should his people be prejudiced. All those who genuinely belong to Jesus will not engage in any prejudices or favoritism or discrimination in any way. Nationality, gender, heritage all mean the same to God. He created all. He loves all. He died equally for all. And those who reject his truths reject him. Those who embrace Christ's redemption on the cross and place the burden of their salvation on Jesus Christ alone, they belong to God. And God shows no favoritism. And God commissions all believers with what he calls the royal priesthood. 
So the AUB and all the other polygamy groups should stop demeaning God's character. They need to understand the only genuine high priest in all of God's creation is Jesus Christ. But their priesthood is considered to be so high and holy, it's very difficult for a Mormon to just step out of their, on their own and investigate what biblical priesthood is really all about. And it's nothing like the priesthood of Mormonism. In fact, former AUB polygamist John Llewellyn said this about the AUB priesthood. Yeah. If any of their kind strays from the canonized teachings rather than attempt to save him, if he lives on priesthood property, they take his home, kick him out of the group, and consign him to hell. Inasmuch as the prophet is the plenipotentiary agent of God, or Adam, who is supposed to be the God of this world, Christ is not necessary in a Mormon polygamous culture. Salvation is earned by obedience to the prophet, who is revered as a surrogate God. He has the capricious and arbitrary power to ruin one's salvation, give and take away wives. The power of the prophet is so absolute that he may exchange a guaranteed exaltation for money and blind obedience. And that's the way it is. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Llewellyn described polygamous as being cultic in every respect. He said this. Members are taught that they are part of the great cause and that their prophet has access to the only truth. They submit to repetitive rituals resulting in blind obedience and subservience to a central authority. Conformity is reinforced by inculcating the illusion that they are superior over all other faiths. The true believer's rewards are God-sanctioned sex with multiple wives, with vain promises that in the next life they will be kings, priests, and rulers of men, literal gods of their own multiple worlds, one for each wife. I didn't know that one. Mm -hmm. Polygamous cults pretend to preserve free agency, but in reality, they are institutions that destroy or conspire to deprive men of his free agency by making the laity totally dependent upon the prophet and his priesthood. In that context, the Mormon polygamous cults are evil, any man, institution, or doctrine that claims proprietorship over God should be subject to intense scrutiny, and if found wanting, their secret and sacred machinations should be exposed. And I say a hearty <laughs> amen to that. This brings us back to the topic of the AUB Endowment House in Bluffdale, Utah, and the temple that they built in Mexico. They were built for endowments, rituals, marriage ceremonies, plural marriage ceremonies, and much of what they do is to be held in great secrecy. In fact, a few years ago, I corresponded with a couple of people from the AUB who were complaining about the secret rituals in their endowment house, and I invited each of them to be guests on our show. We were doing the live television show at the time. One of them said she was terrified to complain about the AUB leadership, and much more so in public. She was terrified to talk about it. She was terrified not to talk about it, because if she didn't, it would just continue on as usual. No one in any religion should ever be made to, to, to be fearful of their leaders and of revealing any of their practices. She wrote me a few letters, and without using names, I have decided to discuss what she wrote about. We never want to place anyone's personal safety at risk by revealing too much information that may identify who they are. These testimonies of their rituals were offensive to them. 
One testimony was from a male, the other was from a female. This may offend some people, but the truth does <laughs> offend some people. And, uh, but I have never taken an oath of secrecy myself, and therefore I cannot be accused of violating secrets or sacred rituals. We remind our viewers that uh, sister wives, Cody Brown and his wives, are a family from the AUB polygamy group. And when the program was shown a few years ago that covered Cody's plural marriage to Robin, if any of you watched, you will recall that they told their viewers that their plural marriage ceremony was highly secret and the show would not cover the actual ceremony. Hmm. This is typical Mormon celestial marriages, which is polygamy. Someone once said, if you have nothing to hide, you hide nothing. So just what are they hiding? Could it be the humiliating nude rituals would indicate that this is not God's church? Well, we want to discuss what the AUB has chosen to hide. We have letters from AUB members explaining some of the nude rituals of the AUB in their temple ceremonies. We quote a portion of the article. Hmm. During the past decade, cases of religious abuse have skyrocketed to epic, epic proportions. Sexual abuse cases within the Catholic Church have been revealed at an alarming rate with many arrests along with lawsuits claiming millions of dollars for victims. Last year's raid of the FLDS polygamous compound in El Dorado, Texas has led to numerous indictments on sexual abuse charges regarding underage marriages. FLDS leader Warren Jeffs is currently in prison serving time for convictions of sexual abuse charges regarding underage marriages. The mainstream LDS church is also guilty of numerous sexual abuse cases involving men in ward leadership positions using their trusted positions of authority to prey on members. The Apostolic United Brethren, located in Bluffdale, Utah, are also involved in abusive practices, which will be discussed further. So whenever we have anything where there's secret things going on, that is a big red flag. Yeah. Now, we're out of time for this time, so we've moved this to part two, the discussion of the nude rituals, and we will, it's where we will present the complaints from members who were humiliated during the strange rituals of the AUB polygamy group temple ceremonies. Wow. Yes. More to come. <laughs> More to come, that's true. And and it was very traumatic to some of these people oh, who, sure. who contacted me about this. Yep. So when when you, when we talk about things like this, Earl, of course you were at the mainline church, you went to the temple and did yeah. things, and I know you had a oath of secrecy and all that. Well, it wasn't. Go ahead. <laughs> I just wonder how reading something like this affects you as, you know, being a, from a member of the mainline yeah. church and these are the well, of apostates. Course, it was very traumatic uh, um, for us to go in the temple the very first time a person goes in and they call what's called initiatory work mm -hmm. and they put a, you're completely nude except for this shield you put over you with a little hole. In the top and so of there it. are semi-nude rituals. You're very then. yeah, and and they touching, and then they go inside in the slits on the side and mm -hmm. touch you in different places with. Did that give you the heebie-jeebies? Oh, terribly. Yeah. yeah. How'd your wife always, feel about that? Well, yeah, probably heebie-jeebies too. I guess yeah. Now I'd done it years before when I went on my mission, you know, mm. but. but it's it's that same feeling of darkness that I felt, uh, the same that I'd feel at the baptism for the dead. Because mm. it was always mm -hmm. done, it seemed like, in the basement. Maybe that's just the way they did it at Salt Lake Temple. Well, but, that's where it belongs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just had that 
kind of a funny, uh, oppressive, dark feeling, but you just feel, okay, well, let's do it. Is this what they do? This they is what do you it. do, yeah. and I guess everybody does it, so here yeah. I'm doing it. Very naive feeling and, mm -hmm. and helpless in a way because you're just yeah. kind of driven along and people tell you where to go, where to stand, what to do. And that's what she says. Next time when we talk about yeah, this, that's exactly. exactly what she said. She had no choice. No. She just you did just it. You feel like that's what you had to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, kind of embarrassing. Yeah, she was, she was very embarrassed. Well, we'll talk about that next <laughs> and we'll get Earl's opinion on what we talk about next as well because it's okay. going to be a little more detailed. Yeah. But thanks, Earl, for, for Thank you. helping here. You know, First Timothy 5.21 instructs us to do nothing out of favoritism. James tells us it's a sin if we do something out of favoritism. You know, it would be nice to receive an answer from both the polygamous and the LDS culture to the question that we have asked many times, why do you use the Bible to support parts of your religion but reject the Bible when it doesn't support other doctrine? Whom did God appoint as his editor? What right does any human have to change what God says is unchangeable? We wish that Mormon polygamists would realize that God shows no gender or racial favoritism. He died for all. He loves all equally, and eternal life is and has always been offered to everyone who will receive it as a free gift through grace and not trying to earn it by works. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.